1: Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, my fellow football priest, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, dude, uh, first of all, I haven't been on the show since Sunday. I had to take Monday off. Uh, unexpectedly, but a lot has happened just since Monday. Yep. We'll go through it, I'm sure, a lot, today, uh, all the details of every move and, and what it means. That's the purpose of tonight's show. But first things first, on the record, your gut reaction to the Broncos cutting bait with Randy Gregory, he of the five-year, $70 million contract fame.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the timing of it was a little surprising, but then it wasn't because he's been sleepwalking out there on a $70 million contract, as you talked about, completely ineffective. He looks checked out, uninspired, just no heart, no motivation. You have a player coming like Nick Benito or even Jonathan Cooper, and they play with a hundred times the tenacity. I think it was smart of the Broncos and fair to Gregory as well, not to hold him hostage, to let him uh, choose a new team of his uh, desire and and wish him well going forward. But I like, I'm always a fan of the youth movement, Chad. I've been saying that for a long time on this podcast. I would prefer to play the younger guys than have a older aging veteran uh, take up their snaps. So I think the Band-Aid was going to get ripped off at some point or another. Why not rip it off now and eat the money in this year? And then have more for next year.
1: It's uh pretty damning for George Payton. What do you interpret, Zach, relative to the the power hierarchy at Dove Valley? Does this move really kind of showcase that Sean Payton is the uh you know the guy at the top? Like, was this in any way him kind of flexing his power? Obviously, I think you got to have George Payton in on this decision. Uh, but do you think this was more of a Sean Payton thing than a, a a George Payton thing? Because after all, you know, that's probably, I mean, what is there a bit other than the Russ trade, which it was a trade, not a signing, Randy Gregory might be the highest profile free agent move that Payton has made as a GM.
2: I don't think Sean has to flex on George or or make it public that he holds the power. Everyone pretty much is understood since he was hired, that he's the de facto GM pulling the strings behind the scenes. I think it was a louder message to those in the locker room that there's going to be some accountability. They might not have fired Vance Joseph, but they're holding someone to account for the team's 1-3 and start, and it's the right message to send because you can't allow complacency, you can't allow mediocrity, and that's exactly what defined Randy Gregory in a Broncos uniform. So I am fully on board with Sean Payton sending the message that way, and there's no two ways about it. It is an indictment on George Payton, considering he brought him in, though I still don't fault Payton for taking that swing because when he was healthy last year, Randy Gregory, he was looking like the real deal. He was looking like a $70 million edge rusher and unfortunately it didn't work out that way, but you got to take the gamble every now and then.
1: Oh man, Sean Payton, obviously they're leaving the door open for the possibility of a team swooping in, making a trade. Uh, I, I don't see, I don't see the value of that, Zach, when you know that he's going to be a free agent. Uh, I mean, you can guarantee you get him by trading for him, but the two downsides to that is not only do you have to give something up, but you also have to absorb that contract unless he's willing to, you know, go to bat on restructuring. So, uh, as Sean Payton said 24 to 48 hours from the time, uh, they kind of get the ball rolling on this. We're knocking on you know, we're probably now into this day two of that window. So I don't see it happening to you.
2: No. And in fact, there was nothing new on the wire uh, today for Randy Gregory. It's looking like he will be released and uh, uh, he'll be free to sign with whatever team he wants to, to join.
1: Oh man, so much more to get into. We're going to continue breaking down these moves. We have lots of super chats stacked up. We're going to get to you starting with the Duchess here in just a moment. Scott has our drawing for the uh, September Jersey raffle for our great super chat superstars queued up. We're going to be doing that tonight. Lots and uh, lots more uh, to get into. But before we do, gang, listen up. It's more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. I mean, that's why we're going to be there with y'all on October 22nd for the MHH meet and greet. We cannot wait. If you need tickets. Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep that beautiful Broncos orange and blue. So find tickets today. Meet us there. October 22nd, ticketmaster.com slash.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: Broncos,
1: uh, Zach. Real quick, let's catch up on some super chats. The Duchess with a very, very generous super, and also a symbolic one. Thank you, Michaela. We love you. We appreciate you. She says, uh, "In Hall of Famer Dick Butkus, uh, drafted by both the Bears and the Broncos. One scary dude. R.I.P. to the animal. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. That you know, back in his rookie days, uh, you had the AFL, you had the NFL competing." More often than not, uh, the NFL would win relative to the draft. You know, prospects would choose if they were drafted by both an AFL, Zach, and an NFL team. They would choose to go play in the NFL. But the Broncos drafted Dick Butkus. He opted to play for the team that drafted him in the NFL, though, which was the Chicago Bears. Passed away uh, 80 years old, so RIP to a legend.
2: Yeah, it's still I mean, eighty. There's a certain connotation, but I feel like it's not that old, and it's unfortunate that we lost Dick Butkus at that age. Uh, you know, our thoughts are with his uh, his family, friends, and all the fans that he made over the years. One of the greatest linebackers, one of the best players to ever suit up and play the game of football. Rip.
1: RIP indeed. And Michaela, thank you so much for the support and bringing that up. She also, of course, she's saying clarifying in honor of Dick because Thank you, my friend. Uh, we've got Troy in the house, too, saying, hey, guys, excited to see if the communication on defense improves with Simmons and Jewel. We need Mike Purcell. I hope he plays and I hope Moss, uh, the rookie corner, gets some snaps. Have a great show. Really appreciate you, Troy, a bona fide Super Chat Superstar Um, yeah so I wrote about this today Josie Jewell full participant Zach in practice today which is pretty much uh, I mean it's not a guarantee but it's pretty dang close if they're practicing on Thursday unless he had a setback and he follows that up with a full practice on Friday he's angling to play and return for the first time since whatever it was 19 snaps into the week three brutal loss against the Dolphins I mean I can tell you this, Zach, if I was out there trying to cover that Miami Dolphins' speed, I would probably blow out both hips. For him, it was just one, and it was short-term. He, he's recovering quick, but Simmons, not quite as uh, optimistic in outlook. He says he was this close to going last week in Chicago. I'm not sure how much I believe that because limited yesterday, limited today, Zach, in practice. So tomorrow will be a pretty trusty Harbinger if he's also limited flip a coin on whether or not he'll play on Friday or on Sunday. If he's a full go, then you can pretty much count on it.
2: Yeah. If he's limited again, it sounds like it'll be a game time decision similar to last week. And hopefully he can suit up. Uh, Maybe, though, I mean, looking a little more long term, the Broncos are thinking about next Thursday night, which is Kansas City, the first game against the Chiefs this year. And I think they'll need Simmons in that game a lot more than facing Zach Wilson and that Jets offense. But uh, Jewel actually said he expects to play. He kind of broke the news himself. So we'll have uh, the outlaw out there in the middle of the defense. And that means less snaps for Drew Sanders. And that's a good thing right now, because Sanders has been getting exploited almost on every single down It'll help the communication, but is it going to help the run defense? Is it going to help the missed tackles? Is it going to help all the breakdowns that the defense has been uh, showing the last couple of weeks? We'll we'll find out, Chad.
1: Yes, we shall. Troy, thank you, Big Dog, again. Really appreciate you. Uh, Sam Bam jumping in as well. So good to see you, my friend. Really generous. Appreciate you. He says, hello, Chad, Zach, and Scott. I'm surprised, but not terribly surprised about the Gregory cut. I imagine this was mostly a Sean Payton decision. I do too. Uh, or Not not a mostly Sean Payton decision, but I, I think he was kind of the the impetus, and he probably got out everybody on board. Uh, do you think this has any effect on George Payton since he signed him go Broncos? Um, it's not good. It's not obviously a good development to have one of your highest profile Zach free agent signings as an NFL GM to be – such a you know go bust basically on you not even two seasons into a five-year deal uh what is it not even a dozen games that he he started uh bad bad it's a bad look for george payton but zach is it anything that will affect his standing with the broncos i think that's really what guys like sam and and many broncos fans are wondering
2: Randy Gregory made $9.3 million per sack. I think that's a pretty good deal uh, for him. In terms of George Payton, someone asked me on X yesterday my thoughts about Payton's hot seat, and I called him a lame duck GM. And the person came back and said, Zach, I thought you always liked George Payton. I said, it doesn't change the fact that he's a lame duck. Someone asked me, is his seat you know hot right now after the Gregory release? I said the seat was hot the moment that Sean Payton's contract was dry because he came in and was taking over full autonomy and pretty much full GM powers. Now that seat is scalding hot, because who can you really point to? I'm not talking draft picks, because that's the one area that George Payton has excelled. Maybe he should be a director of college scouting and not a general manager. But look to the Broncos' free agent pickups just this year alone. They cut Randy Gregory. I know that was last year, but Mike McGlinchey hasn't worked out so far. Ben Powers hasn't shown much so far. Zach Allen hasn't shown much so far. So those moves, it's like a, a, a ball rolling down the hill. They, it starts to accumulate, and the temperature starts to rise Which with each of those bust signings. So unless Sean Payton goes to bat for George Payton, which I wouldn't be surprised, he's still a holdover, just like a player. And Sean Payton would want his own guy in there, just like a player. And if we... Look at the pattern. What's the first thing that Sean Payton did after taking the Broncos job? He imported as many former Saints cohorts, players and assistants as he could. Why would that change after the season when he can maybe bring in Jeff Ireland, his longtime buddy from New Orleans?
1: Yeah, it's I'll, I'll just put it this way. It's not, uh, you know, I've already used this word in tonight's show, but it, you know, it's not a it's not a good harbinger. Uh, it's not a good omen for George Payton. Um, and again, a lot of his pro personnel stuff, I'll echo you on that. Zach has just been sketchy. Time will tell how the whole Russell Wilson thing shakes out in the final analysis. I mean, he's playing good football if you could get a complimentary uh performance from the defense. This is a team that would be competitively relevant. And who knows? Zach getting a Josie Jewell back, getting a Justin Simmons back, getting a Baron Browning back. We're gonna talk about what's going on with him. Uh, you got P.J. Locke. They're starting the clock on him. Probably going to participate this week. Frank Clark is looking like he's going to be back, hopefully anyway, Mm -hmm. this week. So you're getting a lot of the veteran wherewithal, the wisdom, uh, the football IQ, and then, of course, the production from your veteran core coming back very, very soon. It might not all come together, Zach, this week, but they're inching much closer to the The defense, basically, they had in mind, with the exception of Randy Gregory now being ousted uh, when this season was starting. Mike, the Ronk in the house. So good to see you on Facebook, Big Dog. Thank you for the support, as always, and helping us keep that conversation going, both in these live streams and afterwards on uh, social media. So good to see you, my friend. Uh, We also have Scott throwing down some big boy stars on Facebook. Great to see you, Scott. He says, I love listening to you guys from Arizona The O-line has to improve. Yes, it does, and I think it has taken some modest steps. Like, Zach, both of us, I mean, we have been like – first of all, we were panicked about Ben Powers. I mean, not panicked. We were worried about Ben Powers after what we saw in the preseason. But he has steadily improved uh, to a point now where he's pretty dang solid at left guard, and especially with how well Garrett Bowles is playing relative to uh, the offense. I mean, it's hard to really – Broncos fans, Zach, are having a hard time picking out some of the better performances on offense because things have been so bad defensively and the storylines are kind of the tropes are uh, out of whack and out of control. But Bulls has been playing better this season. Ben Power seems to have kind of stabilized and settled in as a newcomer. The Mike McGlinchey thing has been really, really concerning because, as you mentioned, not only the big money being put in, but just kind of the bad juju. Of that position, the Broncos have just had a tough time solving that, even before uh, Super Bowl Fifty. But he has improved. He's got to. He's got to figure out. And Sean Payton's been trying to get to the bottom of this, the false start thing. Like of all the guys on that O line, he's the last one aside from the center you would expect. And Cushionberry did get a false start for whatever reason. Uh, but McGlinchey's the last guy you would expect Zach to be having those as a as a proven vet, played in a lot of big games. But listening to what Sean Payton's been saying. Uh, especially this week, he's kind of drawing more parallels to cadence issues and getting that on the same page as explanation for these false starts. Quinn Miners, not looking good in year three. Lloyd, about what you would expect. Your thoughts?
2: Um, I mean, you said Ben Powers has been mostly solid. I'm looking at it. He's the one, two, three, four, five, sixth highest paid left guard in the NFL. Do you think he's been performing like a top six guard? I mean, he's been... He's been better than the preseason, but it's not really saying much. He also has a 64 overall grade from pro football focus. Quinn Miners is the only one you can hang your hat on along that front five. And maybe Garrett Bowles, though. We're always waiting for the Bowles bomb to explode at any moment. Um, What scares me, though, unlike Chicago, the Jets, their defense is legit and they're tough. And they have two guys in the front seven in Quinnen Williams and Jermaine Johnson that can absolutely destroy the Broncos life on Sunday. So we have to hope that the false starts get cleaned up. We have to hope the protection is there and they can establish the run because you're not going to want to have Russell Wilson drop back 40 times in this game facing that Jets defense.
1: No doubt. And the last time these two teams played Man, Quinn and Williams. He's always a handful, but the Broncos really had a hard time yeah. uh, accounting for him. So amen to that. Uh the Papa Bear, as he is known in his neck of the woods, David McElrath. Appreciate the super chat, big dog. Good evening, right back at you. He's still uh he's he's saying nine and eight. Hashtag Buckham times three. That's with a B YouTube. You know this. MHH for life, Denver Bronx for Life. Love it. Thank you, David. And we are looking forward to seeing you in. Gosh, less than three weeks time in in Denver at the stadium for the MHH meet and greet. And we want to see, guys, as many of you as possible. October 22nd, we're going to be there tailgating literally the moment uh, that the the tailgate sector, the parking lot opens up, which is uh, about 10 a.m. So you just look for the big blue tent, says Mile High Huddle, look for the blue Mile High Huddle flags flying everywhere. And uh, we won't be hard to find. Howie on Facebook, brother, appreciate you. He's saying, "Evening, gentlemen. Haven't been able to catch a live in a while. Is Russ fixed? Right. Numbers are looking fire. #Buckham. That's a that's a uh, that's an, a, a question, Zach. Seeking an absolute answer. Do you have one on the subject of whether Russ is fixed?"
2: I do. I got you. Let me rattle off some stats to throw around. Okay. So, Russell Wilson through four games is on pace for 4,310 passing yards. That would be a career high. He's on pace for 38 passing touchdowns, his most since 2020. He's on pace for 67.4% completion percentage, his best since 2015. He's on pace for a 106.7 passer rating, his highest since 2018. And he's also on pace for only eight picks his fewest since 2015. I have more stats. I'm not done quite yet, Chad, because Russell Wilson is transformed and Sean Payton has been putting in the work with number three. Russell Wilson entering week five is first in completions of 40 plus yards. He's second in touchdown percentage, tied for second in touchdown passes, third in passer rating, seventh in yards per pass attempt, eighth in yards per completion, ninth in passing yards, and ninth in passing yards per game. So I think that's pretty concrete pretty objective numbers there Chad that would indicate that yes Russell Wilson is fixed.
1: I'm uh, this close to being fully convinced. You know, again, it's it's uh so hard to get what what I feel like is an accurate read on the offense generally speaking just because things have been so out of whack with, you know, if it's them failing to step up in the second half, it's the defense completely you know, just mailing it in and laying down for opponents. Then you get a, you know, relatively consistent performance. I mean, I'm emphasis on relatively uh, for the Broncos last week in Chicago and the defense, man, they made that hard on everybody up until the fourth quarter. But I do feel really good about it. And this was something, Zach, that you and I had a lot of confidence in this offseason that Sean Payton was, you know, of all the guys, the, the candidates in the field that could come in and start, solidifying the offense and start giving the Broncos a modicum of a return on what has been an investment. That's just really been in the tank, not just Zach because Russ has kind of failed to deliver up, you know, up until this season started, but what you gave up to acquire him. I mean, the first round picks alone, plus all the money you've paid him since then, like they needed a guy to come in uh, to really bring him back from the brink. And Sean Payton so far, has done that. It's unfortunate that is not it's not resulting uh the way fans want in terms of the standings, but give it a little bit more time. Allow the defense to kind of get its leaders back, get its veterans and and figure out what's going on with with Vance Joseph. I mean, Sean Payton, Zach, he has been spending more time kind of I'll, I'll use uh Keith Keith Cummings, he had an article today where I might botch this, but I'll I'll paraphrase it where uh Vance Joseph, he's kind of feeling the The hand, Sean Payton's hand on his shoulder is increasing pressure, you know, like looking over. That's happening because Sean Payton, dude, he can't afford for this defense to continue to be historically bad. So once you start balancing those scales a little bit, Zach, what I'm getting at in a little bit of a long-winded way is that Russell Wilson, I feel like he is back. I'm this close from being able to say like with absolute perfect confidence that he's back, but look at the stats. I mean, He's, he's playing well, and I love seeing that deep ball come through, man. It's not just like last year. Last thing, real quick, and we're sur- I'm going to serve it back. Last year, we saw the Broncos trying to take deep shots with Russ under Nathaniel Hackett. Those shots were happening. They just never connected. They're connecting this year uh, in, a, in a big, bad way.
2: You mentioned the word unfortunate. Let me tell you what unfortunate is. I have more stats for you. Entering Week 5, the Broncos' offense is 10th in scoring, 10th in passing yards, and 14th in total yards. The Broncos defense in those same categories is 32nd, 32nd, and 30th. If the Broncos had just a bad defense, not even, not terrible, not historically bad, but just bad, they would be at worst two and two right now, maybe even three and one. And at that point, with Russell Wilson playing as he is, he would be in maybe the comeback player of the year conversation, maybe even MVP talks. Russell Wilson is looking like the old Russ. And for my money, it's not my money, but the Broncos have been getting that return on investment, especially when you consider maybe last year when he signed that contract, it was a massive deal. And he he fell way below the expectation. But with all the other quarterback contracts around the league, he's not so highly paid anymore. He's still highly paid, but it's not egregious. So I think the numbers that he's putting up are in line and commensurate with the with the money that he's making. I have one more for you. Russell Wilson on um, throws of 10 plus yards. He has the second highest passing grade in the NFL. He has the most number of touchdowns in the NFL, seven, and he has the third highest passer rating, again, on throws of 10 plus yards, 134.3. Really, What more could you ask of him in a new system after losing his uh, security blanket and Tim Patrick, after losing Greg Dulcich, throwing to the likes of little Jordan Humphrey and Brandon Johnson? Russell Wilson is playing excellent football.
1: Amen. And the implications are very good for the Broncos. You just got to get on top of this defense thing. And then all this good stuff can actually start coming out in the wash for you in meaningful ways relative to the standings. And guys, Lots more to get to, more super chats, more topics, different moves that have happened this week that we got to bring you all up uh, to speed on. Uh, But first, guys, we got to tell you, all right, first things first, you got to make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. I mean, watching the Denver Broncos football in general, I don't know about you guys, but on Sundays for me, I work up a little bit of an appetite. So it's very convenient for me, for you guys to order online during the Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs. And that includes all day Sunday and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, Zach, you win.
2: Yeah, personally, I'm a little bit of a pizza traditionalist. I like cheese, but I'm a big fan of Little Caesars Crazy Bread. So uh, that's my meal of choice there. But speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game.
1: Uh, that's a little bit of an alliteration mouthful. Pizza portal pickup. Pizza portal oh, pickup. Jack Gum. Is it uh is it convenient? Love it. Thank you, little Caesars. Appreciate you. Uh Sam Bam. Again, uh no, we got this one. We got this one. We got Sam. We got Sam earlier on. He's got number two, though. Thank you, Sam. Plus, to add to your point, Zach, this ownership group did not hire George Payton either. They might want another GM running the show next to Sean. Yeah, I mean, one of the things here, that's very true, very, very true. Um, It's pretty clear this year, Zach. I mean, this year it's really been made evident. Broncos, from a roster perspective, have a big time depth issue. I mean, they have the players on the roster, but from a quality perspective, it's lacking. And that obviously is another thing here, Zach, that reflects on George Payton.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're right, Sam. There's loyalty is everything in the NFL and, uh, the Penners and the Walton Penner ownership ownership group showed that they can be pretty ruthless in uh, how they want to manage the Broncos, but in a good way, because results matter. And the only thing that fans care about what Greg Penner said before the season is winning. Um, I just, i it's so tough to really give an accurate depiction of how the relationship is going when they're coming off a victory. And it's weird because George Payton, yeah, his free agents haven't worked out, but you're replacing a free agent bust and Gregory who Payton signed with two players in Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito and Baron Browning for that matter as well that George Payton drafted. So it's the angel and the devil. Do you keep him? Do you let him go? It's, I don't think that decision has been made yet and the Penners are waiting for the season to play out
1: this is dope we are going to see zeus himself october 22nd really looking forward to that big dog thank you for the super chat as you know Stu is uh the first face etched on the mhh mount rushmore and every year we put out the the graphic of the actual mhh mount rushmore super chat superstars and zeus as he has been uh come as he's come to be known in our community was the first guy, Zach, that really made that a tradition here and helping us keep the lights on, helping us, inspiring us. Let me put it that way, Zach, to take this from a biweekly show that we were doing before we, we started doing the YouTube thing to basically making it an everyday thing. So if you like MHH content, then you got a lot to uh, be grateful for relative to to Stu. He's, he's uh, a muse of sorts. Thank you, bro.
2: Don't get, don't be surprised, Stu, if we, uh, you come up to me and I give you a big old Zeus right to your face because you definitely deserve it. And we're, you know, we're so appreciative for all that you've done going back years now. Truly an OG. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you.
1: That's right. Years indeed. Uh, George, brother, appreciate you. He says this did put the whole team on notice, something that was needed. That's a good point. Something we haven't really spent too much time on is, you know, you hear the phrase after 70, 20, uh, in Miami, Oh, heads need to roll. Nothing really changed, right? No Vance Joseph firing, no players, uh, really being cut. There was one thing though, that changed in between week three and week four, it was quiet, but the Broncos did demote Randy Gregory and it was Nick Benito starting, uh, in Chicago. And he, you know, paid some dividends. Now, The Box score, Zach, he had two and a half sacks, Nick Benito, in place of Randy Gregory. He had a forced fumble, which Jonathan Cooper scooped up, returned to the house, but still lacking big time in terms of being a complete player on the edge relative to his run support. So he really has to get on top of that, but he's taken huge steps forward. But I'm digressing a little bit. This did send a message coming out of uh, week four. Even though you got the win, the defense, once again, just looking horrible. It took some... Not only Russell Wilson conjuring, but some miracles in the fourth quarter for the defense to come out of there with the win. And this does put this Gregory thing, a highly paid guy, a starter, very recently demoted, hitting the bricks. It does send a message to, I think, everybody in that locker room, and that's good.
2: You know, what kind of flew under the radar, uh, because Randy Gregory is such a big name, the Broncos didn't just cut one former starter this week. They actually cut two. That would be a Sang Bassi, who they put on waivers, I think, Tuesday. And yeah, yesterday he was claimed by the the Chargers. I wrote about it for the website. But what happened to Bassey? He was starting in place of Kaywon Williams in the slot. He got demoted for Jaquan McMillian against the Bears. A couple days later, he was gone. What happened to Randy Gregory? He opened up the season as a starter. He got replaced by Nick Benito. A few days later, he was gone. So that's why I said I don't think it's so much Sean Payton flexing on George Payton. I think it's Sean Payton establishing dominance in the locker room and, and sending a message like mediocrity and incompetence won't cut it. And if you don't perform, not only will you lose your starting job, you'll be unemployed altogether. And I think after a 50-point loss, after allowing Justin Fields to look the best he's ever looked, that was warranted at a minimum.
1: Just these last two games alone, the Broncos have relinquished 98 points. I mean, it's boggles the mind. So there needs to be, and this is something, Zach, that fans have been clamoring for for years, is someone at the leadership controls. Accountability. Accountability the A word. Miguel, brother, good to see you. Thank you for the support on Facebook, big dog. He says, "What's up, fellas? Is the defense struggling because of the backups, injuries, and youth? I don't understand how this defense is so don't bad." Understand? I don't know what You've been uh, here before. You know, Zach, I'm gonna I'm gonna remind it just for a second, and I'm gonna do it briefly. But when the Broncos made the decision to rehire Vance Joseph as defense coordinator under Sean Payton. When we first started hearing from the players and they were being asked about how it, how it's going with Vance's defense, the things we were hearing is that he's really cool. He's really trying to make it so that uh, it's an easy transition. You know, we're keeping a lot of the same verbiage from the old defense. And that was really kind of the the only uh, emphasis in terms of keeping anything old. But there have been a lot of rumblings and a lot of rumors. The last two weeks in particular, it's really picked up steam that Vance Joseph did more, Zach, than just keep the old verbiage and nomenclature. Like, hey, we call blitz this, but uh, we're going to go ahead and call it what your coach called it last year. That's what we mean by, you know, keeping the same verbiage. Rumors have it that Vance Joseph basically kept the bones of the zero Evero defense, which is the Vic Fangio defense. Problem with that, Zach, if it's true, he's never called plays within that scheme. He's having to learn... Uh, how the coverage principles work and how that uh, plays into the relation of the pressure packages and the whole nine yards. I don't know how much truth there is to that though. All right. It's being said, I use the, the, the word purported, not reported purported. It's more out of the rumor mill, but Zach it would actually explain a lot because he has looked like a coordinator calling plays in a defense that he doesn't know.
2: How is the defense this bad? V.J. This is the same guy who ran a 4-3 against the Dolphins. He thought he could uh, outsmart Mike McDaniel. How'd that work out? You know, I talked about Randy Gregory earlier and that last year he looked really solid before he got injured. How is it he looked solid last year under a different coordinator and this year he looked like he never played football before or he has no interest? How is even Patrick Sertan... The all pro, the maybe future Hall of Famer, how come he's at best stagnated from what he did last season? That would be Vance Joseph. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. And VJ has told us for years, going back to 2017, through his 10, even before that with the Dolphins, he got the Broncos head coaching job with the 28th ranked defense one year as a coordinator in the NFL during his time in Arizona, they were no better than I think 14th, something like that. It is Vance Joseph. He's always been a below average coach, but he's gotten incrementally worse throughout the weeks this year. And he's just, he is who he is. The Broncos made do last season with backups with injuries, with role players, with all these things going on, with a first-time coordinator in a Giro Evero, suddenly VJ comes in and the defense falls apart. It's like the offense in reverse. Last season under Hackett, the offense was historically bad, literally historically bad. How is it that Sean Payton comes in with mostly the same personnel and now they're top 10 across the board? Coaching, coaching, coaching.
1: Yep, it's, I really do lay it mostly at the feet of the coaching, but. Especially in the secondary, Zach, this team has been very thin talent-wise. So that's another thing, unfortunately, for George Payton. Jasmine, what is up? So good to see you tonight, my friend. Thank you. She says, fans keep saying to tank and draft Caleb Williams, but if Russ continues to play well, why don't we build around him? Can Caleb carry a terrible offense? No. No. Zach, I don't even think uh, Peyton Manning circa 2013 uh, could carry this situation. I mean, that's how bad this defense is. I mean, it's again, just the last two weeks, 98 points, like it boggles the mind. Um, but here's the thing. I think the Broncos are not yet to a point where they're really contemplating a rebuild, rebuild, like a true blue from the bottom up rebuild. Um, I think it's a, you know, reboot of sorts they plan on Russ being the guy here with Sean Payton whether you want to believe it or not Sean Payton has said now multiple times that Russell Wilson was one of the pros you know when you weigh pros and cons of taking a job and you're one of the most sought after head coaching candidates in a cycle Russ was one of the propo- one of the pros for Sean Payton taking this and it's coming out in the wash you can tell that what he says was true because look at how it's reflect, how Russ is reflecting that uh, in his play. So I don't see them going after Caleb. I see them. I mean, unless things all of a sudden really hit the skids and and they can, that they actually do make the decision to say, yep, we're nowhere close. We're going to go ahead and burn the whole thing down, which I just don't think we're going to see that happen. It's Russ for the foreseeable, whether you like it or not use those resources, Zach to build a defense And then you might have something. I mean, think about the Seahawks all those years. Not the greatest talent around Russ on uh, on offense, but that defense was always a factor that kept that team uh, competitively relevant and playoff bound eight of his 10 years there.
2: I mean, you might have to replace Garrett Bowles, at left tackle. You might have to replace Simmons at safety. You might need an interior pass rusher because the lack of pressure is just mind boggling. How about a blue chip edge rusher? How about another lockdown cornerback opposite Sertan? If he's still here a year from now, they can go so many different ways. And Jasmine, I appreciate your contribution. I appreciate your question, but tanking to me doesn't really sit right. I would never advocate for a team to throw games. If it's week 18, and their draft position was on the line, I'd say, okay, it it might not be the worst if they lost this game, but I'm not going to go out there and say the Broncos should lose every game from here on out. It's not the way I'm wired, and I don't think with Russ playing as good as he is, the Broncos are going to be anywhere near Caleb Williams' uh, territory. They they were going to have to pick one or two, and if they're two, they're going to have to trade up to one to get Caleb Williams. I don't think they're going to finish there, so it's a moot point.
1: And I think there's something to be said for they've already hit the rock bottom, so to speak, defensively. Like they only have one way they can go and that's up. And I think if Sean Payton, uh, you know, again, if, if you're going to subscribe to the hashtag in Payton, we trust, trust that there is a reason he hasn't fired Vance Joseph. He he believes in what's going on. We scoff at it a little bit. We question the uh, uh, initial Genesis of his decision to bring Joseph back. But, Zach, he's had every opportunity now to uh, cut bait and quickly move on from that decision, and he hasn't done it. He's taken on a little bit more of a hands-on approach. He's not like calling a defense. He can't. He's got too much to do as a head coach. He's also calling the offense, but he is getting more involved and in making sure those ducks are in a row, and we'll see how that comes out on the wash. I think getting back guys like Simmons, Jewel, having Frank Clark available, Baron Browning coming off the pup, which we haven't talked too much about tonight. They did start his clock this week. Uh, so they have 21 days basically to decide whether or not to play him. They will play him. It's just a matter of when he'll, he'll go from being a guy on the physically unable to perform list who is practicing to on the active roster. But you get some of these defensive key players back and it could start looking quite differently. Colby brother appreciate you says we can't tank and have our stadium full of the opposing fans. Let's stack some wins and start to fix this thing now. And Lance, thank you, buddy. I appreciate your patience. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach. Really excited about Jalil McLaughlin. Hopefully, the more we lean on him, the more he'll produce. Grinding the clock would do wonders for this team defensively, as well as Russ, Denver Broncos for life. Thanks, guys. Lance, newer name. Appreciate you, my friend. Connect with us on Twitter. Um, another way to keep the conversation going, and we like to shout out all our Super Chat superstars and supporters after every episode. But your thoughts here, Zach, on Jaleel McLaughlin.
2: I got to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised, Lance, if uh, Jaleel gets the first carry against the Jets on Sunday, because he, to me, has usurped uh, Samaje Pirine as the number two running back. And Javante Williams is battling a quad injury. He did not practice yesterday. He was limited today. So Jaleel might be the de facto starter against the Jets. And you know what? He's He's earned that 104 yards from scrimmage last week, 10.3 yards per carry, 10.7 yards per reception. I might have that backwards, but still very impressive and a touchdown. The elusiveness, Chad, that he's shown, the heart that he's shown. I like, Um. there was a take. I was watching uh, uh Luke and Thomas last night, and uh, uh, Thomas said that Jaleel is the anti-Randy Gregory, and I couldn't echo that. Anymore because he plays with determination. He plays with heart. He plays with passion. He plays like he wants to be out there and contribute and get a victory. Randy Gregory never showed that. So I have been completely over the moon with McLaughlin and I hope he's only going to get more touches from here on out.
1: Howie, again, thank you, bro. He says, Does Marvin Mims begin to take off from this point going forward? Also, is Russ still getting better as the season goes on? I think he hasn't peaked yet. Hashtag Buckham. I agree. I think the best is still yet to come from Russ as he continues to um, assimilate the whole Sean Payton thing and the scheme and the play calling and the rhythms of these games. And if you get even a modest improvement defensively week to week, uh, this can be a competitively relevant team. Now, it's unfortunate, Zach, that you lost uh, two of the games that you were supposed to win in the first quarter of the season. That has set you back what it means, I mean, we can get into, we've talked already, we don't need to anymore, about the implications of teams that start 0-2, then to 0-3, and and then all this stuff. But the reality is, if you lost two games that you were supposed to win in the first quarter of the season, to offset that, somewhere between now and the end of the season, you got to win two games, or at least one of two games that you're supposed to lose. So that can still happen. I'm not saying it will happen, but that's still a possibility spinning in the, in the ethos uh, or the ether, I should say. Um, So we'll see, we'll see. But I think Marvin Mims, Jalil, these are two young rookie guys that you're going to continue seeing Sean Payton, find ways to work them more and more into these game plans.
2: Man, I am. I talked about McLaughlin. I am equally or more impressed with what Marvin Mims has done. He leads the Broncos in receiving yards. He leads the NFL in yards per reception, and he's done that buried behind Sutton and Judy, and maybe even Brandon Johnson on the depth chart. Uh, So yeah, he'll be getting more opportunity, thankfully. And he looks like a foundational future number one alpha wide receiver. I am so happy George Payton uh, made that trade for him. In terms of Russ peaking, really quickly, uh, Sean Payton touched on Russell Wilson after yesterday's practice. And he said that he thinks he's growing more comfortable in the offense. This is a pretty eye-opening quote where Sean Payton actually gives praise and is not so tight-lipped. Quote, I feel like on game day, man, he's on point. He knows exactly decision-wise what we're thinking. I can't think of situations where I'm sitting there looking at the iPad, I look at pictures still, and wondering why. He's locked in, and he's playing well. I think it, this is the early install portion of the Broncos offense with Sean Payton, and Russell Wilson has top 10 numbers across the board. So, yeah, he's only going to get better, and the offense is only going to score more points. It's it's unfamiliar territory for me, Chad.
1: Uh, Scott, brother. Thank you again, my friend. Broncos country, you're, you're proving this. The Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Really appreciate your support. Scott, on the Jersey raffle, I'm ready when you are. You just tell me when you're ready. You throw it up and we'll we'll knock it out. Um, but, Zach, uh, how, how big – well, let's grab Michaela real quick. Thank you, Michaela Israel in the house. Give our best to the little man. She says, I'm a little late. Do you think the team will come out fired up and ready to have Sean Payton's back and fight hard to win for him this week? Yeah, I think, look, despite or you know, forget everything that's happened this week with the Gregory, the Bassy, a couple of heads rolling, the good news of Browning and Locke, kind of their clock starting, and possibilities of Jewel and Simmons. Forget that for a minute. Just the fact that they were able to come back and win that game in Chicago and break the ice and prove to themselves, hey, we are capable of doing this if we freaking pull our heads out of our you know what, that can, I think that's going to fuel them a little bit. And the Jets, they do have a a, a solid defense. Um, They have a couple of weapons on offense, but you can handle these guys. If you get your, if you, have your ducks in a row on defense and you're buttoned up. And I mean, really it's just, you can't have these massive lapses, whether it's a uh, poor um, lack of poise in critical situations, stupid penalties, like from Kareem that cost you big time on, especially on third downs uh, to the wide open, the miscommunications act that lead to like literally wide open receivers trekking downfield for easy pitch and catch touchdown. You eliminate that stupid stuff and you've, force defenses to actually, or offenses, pardon me, to play you. Hey, we got to call a first down play. We got to call a second down play. We got to call a third down play and figure out how to move the chains. Whereas, I mean, you watch that Chicago game, you watch the Miami game, most of the Chicago game anyway, Zach, it was like, they're not even getting to third down half the time, right? They're just going first down, handoff. Okay, second down, touchdown. All right, I'm going to go get my Gatorade. So you eliminate the stupid mistakes and the penalties. You get some guys back. This could be a team that can do something this year.
2: Michaela, if I knew the answer, you know I would I'd be buying a lottery ticket right now because I can predict the future. We'll have to see how Sunday shakes out, but I, I will say this: I've been tracking the Jets' uh, press availability this week, and uh, the coach spoke today. Hackett spoke today, and also Connor McGovern. Can't remember if that's the former Broncos McGovern or not, because there's two. But he said that he believes the Broncos organization did him dirty, meaning Hackett, and that he would like some payback for the, for his coach, for the Jets OC. Now I look at this like they're going to be very emotional. The Jets are coming into this game. Whereas if you listen to Russell Wilson's presser today, he said the game's not about Nathaniel Hackett. It's about facing the Jets defense and getting another win. So I think being level-headed and treating it like any other game can serve the Broncos well. If they need a motivating factor, here's this. You win this game, you're two and three. You face Kansas City on Thursday night. I know it's a tall task. You win that game. Not only do you snap the streak, the seven, eight-year-old streak, you're back at three and three. And the momentum that you would have from three consecutive victories, the last of which being against your hated rival that you haven't beaten in almost a decade, would propel the Broncos throughout the entire season. So they, if they could just get to that point starting Sunday, the season's back on and playoff hopes with it.
1: Well said. It is the same Connor McGovern, by the way, that Broncos former 20, uh, 2016 fifth round pick. Uh, he stuck around. So let's move on to the raffle. Uh, as you guys know, we take the top 10 finishers on super chat in a given month. That's a cumulative ranking. Okay. Their names go, as you can see here in a digital hat. Um, the number here, here's how it, the the month finished. All right. Naj altof at number one. So he's going to have more tickets in the hat. The lady D, uh, or pardon me, FA at two. I did that last time. FA at two. He's got he's gonna have uh a little bit less, but the second most tickets in the hat. Lady D at number three, Michaela Parker, the Duchess at four, Troy at five, Ethan, aka DWI guys at six, Zeus at seven, the GLP Gary Leeds Palmer at eight, Casey Nickel in the top 10 at nine and the Papa bear David McElrath at 10. So we are going to do this starting with the last runner up. All right. Uh, let me, let me get that off the screen. Uh, there we go. Uh, this is, this is, uh, the last runner up. Here we go. Pick number 10 Papa bear. We love you. Appreciate you. Big dog. Didn't make it this week. Casey nickel, not the winner. Appreciate you. Casey Naj, number one, not the winner. Okay. We move on. We move on to the seventh runner up is FA. Okay. That's one and two out of this drawing. All right. The Lady D, not the sixth runner up. Okay. We're we're getting closer. Zeus, not the winner this, this particular month. All right. Let's see the fourth runner up. The Duchess, okay. Michaela Parker checking in and uh as the fourth runner up. Third, Troy. Troy the aka the Fond Donkey, out, dude. Love you guys. Pick number two, which is second runner up, Ethan, DWI guys, which means the winner of the September jersey giveaway is Gary Leeds Palmer. This is dope. Gary, if we get this ordered within the next 24 hours, really, really good chance you're going to have that jersey to take with you to the meet-and-greet October 22nd. So congratulations to Gary Leeds Palmer, Zach, for being the winner of the jersey raffle for the month of September. And one last thing, and I'm going to serve this over to you guys. If you didn't win, just know we love you. We appreciate you so much. Anyone who even one time gives us 99 cents on Super Chat, to us, that means the world. It blows our minds. We're very grateful. We take it very seriously, and uh, it really does fuel our work ethic and our passion, our desire to show up for you guys. Uh, MHH here seven nights a week on these live streams. So if you didn't win, still know we love you. We appreciate you.
2: The notorious GLP very well-deserved Gary. We uh, thank you for all your contributions. Everyone like Chad was saying, we, uh, we, we, not a day goes by where we don't acknowledge it. And we're so blessed and appreciative, but, uh, let us know, as Keith says here, let us know Gary, what you choose for your Jersey. We're all interested in knowing,
1: uh, and get us that, uh, Get us the – just DM me or email. You have you have our email, milehighhuddle at gmail, Gary. Just send that to us. You've won before. Uh, it's been a while, but you have won. So just let us know which one it is, and uh, we'll get it coming and uh, hopefully in time for the MHH meet and greet on October 22nd. Sam Bam, again, bro, thank you. What is that, three tonight? Dude, he says, I was thinking to myself today, if Carolina gets the first pick again – Would they draft Caleb Williams and move off of Bryce Young? Or would they trade that pick for a King's ransom of picks? Hmm? That's a really good question. If I were Caroline, I know what I would do. And that is I would try to trade Bryce Young and I would take Caleb Williams. Um, But you never know. I don't know. It depends on how this season unfolds for them and how Bryce, you know, if they get encouraged by Bryce Young um, and uh, whether or not, Zach, they actually end up qualifying for the number one overall pick.
2: Yeah, and it also depends on the other teams that finish in the top five, what teams trade up or show interest. It's a question that really can't be answered, though. If I had to give you a answer right now, I'd say they probably hold on to Bryce Young, you know, pretty high investment. And uh, like you said, stockpile draft picks by trading now, but we'll see. Woofy,
1: what's up, brother? Thank you for the super chat. He says, Let's go, Broncos. I hope you have a great night. Can't wait for Sunday, Denver Broncos for life. Buck Yeah, That's going to be a gas. We can't wait either. Uh, but we are at 51 minutes, guys. So if you have any burning topics or questions, get them in the chat because we are about out of time. Um, Keith, I thought we were going to be a run-first team. Will we see our offense flip to what they were built for? Well, you know, this was the whole run-first thing were, was was something we inferred from the moves that were made and some of the things that were said, but... Zach I'm thinking back I can't remember Sean Payton saying we're going to be a run first offense but rather things like we're going to prioritize the run it's going to be a big part of our philosophy data da, da, It's going to set up so much da, 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 da. and I think they are using it that way but it throws things out of whack Keith in terms of the balance of an offensive game plan when you are trying to overcome massive deficits so keep that in mind too.
2: I think there's a difference between being run first and being run heavy. And the Broncos were always going to be run heavy, but whether they were run first, again, this is all my speculation, was dependent on Russell Wilson. And maybe Russ is cooking more than Sean Payton thought he would by this point of the year, and they don't have to lean on the run so far so much uh, to this point. But I think, if anything, they're a play-action first team. They're going to at least tease the run to set up the pass for Russ. That's always been Sean Payton's game.
1: And it's worked pretty well for them so far. Very well. Um, Eric Weber, what's up, bro? He says Evening MHH crew and Broncos country. Apparently, uh, defense was simplified, rush five and man coverage in the second half. And it appeared to be more effective with a simplified scheme. Hopefully, the Broncos stick with that and the returning vets dial it up against Hackett Airlines, MHH, Demo Broncos for life. Love it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what to believe because none of it makes sense. Like, how could it be that bad? Uh, but I am encouraged by the fact that they found a way to win the game. I think that gives them a little bit of a lift. Combine Zach with what improvements Sean Payton's demanding and helping to uh, realize defensively. And then the some of these guys that are getting back, hopefully we'll see sustained even if it's modest improvement week to week, which will allow the the offense to really begin to shine.
2: You know, if you look at the quarterbacks the Broncos have faced, they've steadily gotten worse. You went from Jimmy G to Sam Howell to two, I guess that's not really true with Tua, but throwing him out there, uh, Justin Fields, and now Zach Wilson. So can we all agree on one thing? If Zach Wilson throws for 300 yards, the Broncos should fire VJ on the spot. I mean, at that point, what are you really holding out hope for? You probably lost that game, your season's over by that point, and your defense isn't getting any better. Um, you talk about accountability, that would be the ultimate accountability move is getting rid of the biggest cancer to the team right now. and that would be the coordinator.
1: The Duchess jumping in with another very generous super chat. love you so much. she says. Uh... Hey, guys, can't wait to see you on the 22nd. Love you. We can't wait either. Seriously, counting the minutes. It's going to be so fun. We're hoping for good weather, um, and it's going to be a game. I mean, Zach, we weren't sure what to make of Green Bay as a matchup. That's not why we chose week seven and October 22nd as the date for the meet and greet. Um, But Green Bay is going to be a handful, so that's going to be a game. and So we can't wait to see you guys. Michaela, love you.
2: I just hope that game matters by that point. You know, I'm talking about this jets game and if they lose and their season's over, then you go into maybe rebuilding mode or you just, your season's over by that point. I hope by the 22nd, the season still has meaning, but we know for a fact, the MHH meet and greet will have meaning as it always does. That's the highlight of my weekend meeting all you, Michaela, especially thank you so much for all that you do. And uh, I want to say in person, thank you because it means genuinely the world.
1: Look, I want to go to the game. I like going to the games, but that's not why we do them. We do them – I mean, what we look forward to is meeting with and hanging out with you guys all day. And, by the way, we get to go watch a Bronco game. Like its That's fun. It's a nice little cherry on top, but we do this to hang out with you guys, and that's what we look forward to. Uh, Here we have the Landlord Harassment Channel with a $2 super chat. Thank you. Sean is the GOAT offensive coordinator. The Broncos will be fine. Yeah. I agree. I agree that the Broncos are going to be fine. Uh, We realized early on, though, that he made one not-so-good decision out of the gates, and that was hiring Vance Joseph, and they're paying a price for it. Can they overcome it? Remains to be seen, but I'm not worried about the offense, guys, as you say here, um, landlord. Mark McDonald, what's up, bro? So good to see you. Thank you for throwing down on Facebook. He says, what's good, Broncos country? I think once we get this defense turned around – we're going to be dangerous. Get it, guys? I feel it. Indeed. Indeed. Um, let's let's just keep hoping, guys. They'll figure it out.
2: I, I want to just echo a point I made earlier. If the Broncos' defense can just be bad, not god-awful, they will win many more games this season. They just have to clear that bar. It's not even that high. It's right off the ground, in fact. They just have to get to that level of being bad. Then they can win some football. As weird as that sounds
1: uh skater mike what's up bro thank you he says we have time to worry about the season then the draft remember last season we were complaining about center as a top priority yeah there's plenty of time guys to kind of speculate and spitball on how the draft is going to unfold for the denver broncos that's for sure so anyway thank you another mike aka the ronk in the house again thank you bro appreciate you mike you know this We love you. Hopefully one of these years we get to meet you at one of these meet and greets and get to see you and hang out. Hopefully uh, that soon. Hopefully it's this year. I, I, I don't know if you've said whether or not you're able to come this year or not, but hopefully it's soon, my friend.
2: Yeah, Michael also says 30 straight weeks sending Facebook stars. Michael, you're unbelievable in your support after the podcast, during the podcast. Appreciate you more than you know.
1: Um, Zach, we have a couple of minutes. Should we do a quick statistical head to head and look at it real quick in the sake of, uh, tradition we could. All right, real quick guys. Let's take a, let's take a look. Uh, let me blow this up a little bit. Actually, let me do it from this. It's the best way it worked well last week. I got to remember how I did it. Um, blow it up like this. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Now we're cooking. Okay guys, you know, the drill green, uh, signifies a top 10 ranking red bottom 10 and if it's black it's somewhere in between. So, both teams at 1 and 3. Uh a lot of red here. Uh for let's just look at the offense. First things first, the Jets Zach are the 30th ranked offense from yardage. They are the uh 25th tied for 25th ranked points per game offense. They're only averaging 15 and a half points. I mean, that looks like a Broncos uh 2017 through 2022 uh ranking there. And then, uh, I mean, what's their saving grace? If they have one, maybe they can rush the ball. Yeah, you know, They're not a bottom 10 offense uh, in the run game. And then look at this, though. Dead last on third down. That That's propitious for the Broncos. Uh, and then 20th, tied for 20th in red zone. So they're pitching a 50% conversion. Meanwhile, Zach, the Broncos, 6th in yards per, 14th in net yards per game. So they're 14th total yards offense. Just outside. Uh, the top 10, sixth in yards per play. Uh, they're tied for 10th, Zach, in points per game. This is a top 10 scoring mm-hmm. offense one quarter of the way through the season. Uh, 10th passing, only two interceptions, which is tied for the ninth fewest. Uh, you know, you got to clean up this sacks thing here. That's not good. It puts you in the bottom 10. Uh, otherwise, pretty good. I'd like to see a better conversion rate here on third down, which would lead to, I think, better things here. But your off your your observations, Zach, between these two teams' offenses, real quick. Can we blow it up a little more? Let me try. Let me try. Uh, this thing. If
2: not, it's okay. How's that? I perfect, go one more. Perfect. Yeah. Look, so. One more. Perfect. Perfect. I already covered the uh, the stats with the Broncos' offense. They're a lot better than they have been since Peyton Manning rode off into the sunset. But I look at the Jets side. <laughs> that is the Jets side, right to the right. Yes, it is. Okay, so 30th, 25th, 25th, 31st, 24th, 32nd. Smell that? Smells like a hack at offense, Chad. I mean, it's just wherever he goes, kind of like Vance Joseph. Bad coaches lead to bad coaching, which leads to bad play. Uh, Enough said there. If the Broncos can stop Brees Hall and, I guess, Dalvin Cook, they have an excellent chance of winning this game.
1: Uh, Defensively, yikes. <clears throat> Look at all the ways in which your Broncos are ranked dead last. Uh, if there is a saving grace, I mean there really isn't one, dude. I mean the last ranked rushing team, thirty-first uh, ranked passing defense. Uh, it's bad. All right, there's there's no way to put lipstick on this. The best pig. ranking they, is
2: eighteenth, and it's in fumble recoveries.
1: Exactly. Meanwhile, the Jets though, I mean they're bottom, they bottom ten as a yardage uh, yards defense points they're giving up 21 per game which is basically barely in the middle barely a black rating as we'll call it um not the red rushing they can't really stop the run that plays into uh, things for the broncos uh and then takeaways though this is here's their saving grace right here they've managed to have six takeaways through four games which ties them for eighth. and then the other aspect is they're really stiff in the red zone they're a Pretty disciplined defense. Robert Salat does a good job with his unit. So we already knew it was a crap show for the Broncos, but this at least tells you what the the Russell Wilson company, what they're up against this week.
2: Yeah, interceptions scare me because they they do have Sauce uh, uh, holds Gardner. Uh, They have a couple other uh, talented players in that secondary. Takeaways are very active. They're very chaotic. They can rip the ball away and uh, get it back to their offense. But I just can't get over. I mean, we all knew watching it with your eyes, but reading it and processing that information. There's 11 categories there, and the Broncos are no higher than tied for 18th. And that's with one fumble recovery. I mean, fire VJ. That's, that's all I got to say.
1: All right. I just want to jump to penalties to see if there's been a, an improvement. The Broncos, oh, they, they. if I'm not mispa- mistaken, Zach, weren't they 29th? They'd, they'd come out of being 32nd. 29th I thought last week and then too many last week uh, so they've dropped to 30. Anyway one of the worst teams, most undisciplined teams relative to penalties. Peyton has got to get that cleaned up Um, and then this is weird. They're also tied for second in terms of the most opponent penalties. Really weird. Meanwhile though, look at disciplined Jets team. Only 17 penalties committed which is second. right? Second fewest. So there you have it, guys. There's your head to head. We took care of business uh, on that front. And we got a dip, but we got a couple of messages for you first.
2: Can't believe it's almost over an hour already. You guys make it fly each and every night, but that was the MHH Podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter or X, whatever, at the MHH Pod. You can follow the Mothership account at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking almost each and every day, check out mhhmerch.com and get your swag on. If you haven't, drop us a like at facebook.com slash Pod. You can find us on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And make sure you're leaving your football priests a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, ladies and gentlemen, as you know by now, please... Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen
1: to that. Much love (laughs) and respect. Appreciate you guys so much. Um, Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight, starting on YouTube. We got to read John Presley jumping in. Thank you, John. Good to see you, by the way. He says, Carolina uh, Carolina traded the first-round pick this year to Chicago to move up in the draft last year. Okay. So thank you for clarification on that, my friend. Really appreciate it. Good to see you. So shout out to John, Michaela Parker, Sam Bam, Troy, David McElrath, Jasmine, Lance, Michaela, Israel, Woofie landlord harassment skater. Mike on Facebook. We got Mike Ronquillo, Scott Busby, George Fox, Howie, Miguel, Eric Weber, Colby, the triple C Keith Brugman, Mark McDonald, much love and respect guys. Uh, don't forget in the morning legends of mile high on the bright with Thomas Hall, Dove Valley deep divers Friday night, orange and blue view Saturday night. And then we will be back in the saddle with you for the gut reaction to Broncos jets on Sunday. Can't wait to see how it shakes out.
2: Have a great weekend. Y'all we'll see you Sunday night. Take care. And as always go Broncos.
0: Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things
3: Broncos.